This is the Enneagram 8 Podcast, and we're here to take you inside the armor. Why don't you start with just like, what is it like to be you in the world in general that you know is different than other people? I'd say a big factor for me is that I don't often think about things that I want to do through the lens of my own eyes. No. I'm always evaluating an activity according to those who are with me and their preference. Mm -hmm. And so I will choose an activity, maybe not based on what I want, but what I think will bring the most peace. Yeah to the whole group. And does that typically mean that, well, one of the things I noticed is I've tried to get you before to come up with an idea for how to hang out on your birthday, like something you want to do. And you really struggle. Like, (laughs) like you are practiced at saying, oh, I actually like this, this and this. Right. Is that pretty common where you actually can't even think about what it is? Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Also like being a mom who's catered to the needs of kids, Mm -hmm. I've lost Like, I feel like I've lost who I am. Like, what do I love? What do I enjoy? Mm -hmm. And so I'm back to trying things and finding out if they are what I enjoy. Yes. (laughs) So I find that's a little bit tricky. I always, you know, I pick one thing and stick with it, I Mm -hmm. think. So I didn't really experiment with a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And so now it's how much satisfaction do I get out of something and how long do I try it? Or do I just go along with what other people enjoy? It's pretty obvious what you love to those of us on the outside, though. Okay. (laughs) I find it pretty easy to name the things that you obviously love. But you just, I think, accidentally deny yourself them all the time because you think they are selfish. Yeah. Just for liking them or wanting something that much or I don't know what. Except for books. (laughs) (laughs) I do love my books. (laughs) Typically, don't you struggle with even reading is selfish when other people might need your time. Yes. Right? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, that is true. Well, I either choose to be selfish and I am very selfish and I'll like binge on the book or I will just not read. Yeah, I know. Yeah. For like long periods of time. Yeah, I know. Aiden is the same way with books is he denies himself the joy of reading because when he does read, he almost loses control. It's a full immersion. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So you guys don't seem to be able to um, just take a bite of something. And I, I don't just mean that like uh, metaphorically. No, that's right. <laughs> I think yeah. It's literal too. I do think when you find something that it almost like calms you, whatever it is just brings you peace. Yeah. You don't want it to stop. Yeah. And so there is a lack of self-control when it comes to... There's a word that they use in relation to nine, which is narcotizing. To narcotize is like a drug word, right? Yeah. So it's something that soothes or shuts out because you guys are invaded all the time. Mm -hmm. That's one of the hallmarks is being invaded by other people. It's not that other people are trying. It's just the way you're built is to take information from the world around you in a very palpable way. Yeah. And so if you find something that can calm you or... Or almost block it out. Yeah. You guys, it's like a drug that you want. So for me, that's often reading or like getting into my journal and being creative. Mm -hmm. Somehow I just shut off everything else. I can just focus on that Mm -hmm. and spend a long time Mm -hmm. doing that. And then things that I enjoy with other people would be 
playing a game. Right. Where the rules dictate what happens and sure. it's not you that has to tell people what has to happen. And so you're having this great time with everybody and you didn't have to mm-hmm. tell them what to do. So that sounds like the there's wings where you can lean to either side. And I see in you that one-ish comfort with a structure. If you're under a structure that has clear rules, then um, you can almost rest in it because no one's looking at you anymore. <laughs> They're looking at the system. Yeah. Just so you know, people, Kate is like the game's master because <laughs> she can actually get almost badass and almost aggressive, but in a you way where you're like, I will win competently and well, and you can hate me if you want, but it's the game. <laughs> exactly. It's not me. <laughs> Yeah. Gently with a smile <laughs> totally, on my face. Totally, <laughs> totally. You're, you are the best person to lose to. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, because you don't do any of the ego stuff that some competitive people do. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say, but it's true. You definitely uh, are really quite good at working within a system. Right. I find. Yeah. Well, rules are, it's a two-edged sword, I'd say. So even growing up, I loved rules because I knew what was expected. And so I could just do what was expected and I found peace in that. But it also got in the way of my freedom. If I was unsure of what the rule meant, I would lean towards a more protective understanding of it and it would steal a lot of fun Mm -hmm. as a child. So Mm -hmm. I would choose not to do things because I thought if mom or dad were here, what would they say? And I put on them assumptions. Right. And I still do that today. Right. So I'll still put assumptions on people and act according to what I think they would want me to do. And chances are they might have given you way more freedom than Absolutely. you were giving yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. So right. I'm more strict on myself yeah. than I think it was ever intended. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I mean, the only story it's become a legend story is that I convinced you <laughs> to climb school. up on the school roof with me to fetch a ball. <laughs> I did it all the time and I found it easy. And I somehow confidently knew I could get away with it. It was just one of those (laughs) things. And I would regularly, literally play on the roof of the school across the street. (laughs) One day, I convinced my sister to come along with me. And she did it. Like, she actually... Well, she almost did it. (laughs) She got halfway up and got stuck on the way up to the roof. And somebody called the fire department. They had to come and question us about what our intentions were for climbing the school roof. But anyway, so it backfired terribly is me trying to convince her that you could get away with breaking rules in the funnest way. And she basically learned, no, you can't. (laughs) (laughs) And didn't I try and convince you to lie? Yes. Yeah. And that just put you in kind of a hellish situation. (laughs) Which, you didn't tell me to lie. You told I me say? not to tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went to bed that night and I was racked with guilt because I was like, but they called the fire department. Like, mom should know this. And I couldn't sleep. And I couldn't sleep. And I finally went downstairs. Everyone else was in bed. Mom and dad were there. And I was like, mom. <laughs> and I shared what happened. And of course, she laughed. It was not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah. And I do I remember having complicated feelings about it because 
Part of me felt guilty because I could feel the weight it was putting on you. That I would ask you to almost not be you. But at the same time, I I had no guilt about not telling them. (laughs) Like zero. (laughs) Shameless. I I was like the wet blanket. I wanted to have fun. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't allow myself to fully do it. Right. Unless I had permission. I think you still struggle, right? To give yourself permission to fully relax and to fully enjoy any moment you're in. Yes. I feel like I'll be judged as being lazy or self-indulgent. Leaving your kids behind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas like we're full hedonists and like (laughs) us eights, we're like all the way in the thing we're in, right? So we're like, kids? What kids? (laughs) You called home 10 times? What are you doing? And I remember not realizing that you'd brought that into adulthood. I thought it was kid anxiety, but it's actually just a you anxiety. It's just who you are. Yeah. Yeah. I sometimes wonder if it would be slightly different if I was completely autonomous, you know, like always thinking about my kids or my Mm -hmm. husband or duties. I could totally see myself foregoing any duties if it's just me. Right. Because I don't mind if I don't take care of myself. Sure. Or (laughs) Yes. That's right. Uh, but it, it's uh, those who rely on me. Right. And, and I see that as a good thing as well, because I could lean towards lazy. Right. And um, it keeps you in check. Almost. It does keep me in check. Uh-huh. It's, it's nice to have that reason to do things mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. gives me more direction. Yeah. It's the same thing I always say, right? The best <laughs> thing can be the worst thing and the worst thing can be the best thing. And so duty is a word for you, I will say. And that's the one-ish word leaning towards duty. And that keeps you from the full narcotizing you could be doing where you really, you could be the person that watches TV all day eating junk food. Right. That was the alternate universe. Yes. Potential. But the duty keeps you moving. Yes. And keeps you doing the thing and, and all that stuff. So I see that. What about your crazy sensitivity to what other people are feeling because that feeds into all of this because you're very aware of how they're all doing and how they're all feeling. And so that compounds your desire to give up your own wants and needs to feed them. What is it like walking around in the world knowing what everybody's feeling? (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) There are definitely times where as social as I like to be, I just don't want to be around people because yeah, I'm tired Mm -hmm. of battling. It feels like a battle because Mm -hmm. half the time you could be in a setting that's designed for a lot of fun and you can feel the people who disapprove or are just not enjoying themselves. And you're stuck trying to decide, do I try and make them approve Mm -hmm. by making it more fun? Do I just have fun myself? Yeah. So it's this, you're constantly like, do I just do what I want to do? Do I try and navigate through their lens and improve it for them? or ditch it altogether. Yeah. And so that can be hard. And then if you make the decision to just have fun yourself, you have the guilt that you've left someone who's not having fun alone. Yes. Sometimes I have to give myself a pep talk Mm -hmm. and go through all the scenarios. Like, am I being selfish? No. Am I abandoning someone? No, this is their choice. Will they be okay if I... So I have to go through a checklist before mm-hmm. I can really give myself mm-hmm. the freedom and to... it helps? It does help okay. because then I feel like I've actually done the duty to absolve myself mm-hmm. of a guilt that mm-hmm. is unjustified. Yeah. Other times there is more duty. Like if I'm hosting something and I've invited a group of people and someone's not having fun, yeah. 
because I'm the host, I feel like I need to try and fix things. Yep. But if I've been invited to something and someone else is being a stick in the mud, well, not that's too bad for them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I feel awkward because I know that that's how they yes. feel, but I don't feel responsible. Again, a lot of it is hindsight. Now that I know how you guys feel the way you do, I am very aware now how much I affect you. So if I'm joyful and cheerful, it's like you are literally feeding off of the energy I'm giving. But if I wasn't doing well, I changed the temperature of the room and you would just go where I went emotionally yeah. so often. And I was not ever aware of how powerful that is. Yeah. And I am married to someone like you. And so to realize in hindsight that for somebody that feels passion like a wild party in my body and feels sorrow like I am dying, to know that you guys kind of get dragged into that kind of undoes me a little. Like, that sucks. And <laughs> you and I shared a room as kids, and I made life really difficult for myself and felt a lot of feelings, and you would be stuck feeling that yes. when we were kids. Yep. Yikes. I think the only time you and I had a blowout was at the worst of that. Yeah. And I think it's because I couldn't navigate it. Right. I was younger and I knew you had all these emotions. Yeah. But our relationship had also changed a bit. And so I didn't even know how to. So that I think that's the, the only time that we had friction mm -hmm. was because I didn't, I just shut down and we would start fighting and we never fought. And it was just because I was navigating emotions that. I hadn't grown into having yet. Mm -hmm. And so... And duty. Like, and, you yeah. had such a strong sense of right and wrong in a way that now is something I respect so deeply, but back then annoyed the crap out of me. <laughs> I can um, see that as a so kid. So annoyed me, <laughs> for sure. And, um, and I was being a, a shit. Like, I was really, truly in my full hedonistic, I'm going to do what I want. And you don't confront, and you were stuck with the carnage of my own emotional landscape that was absolutely related to my bad choices. So not only do you get to watch me make poor decisions and not know how to confront me about it, you get to feel my repercussions in my body for what I was doing. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> yeah. And it's also, it's funny because there would be a slight bit of envy because someone who will just make choices for themselves that isn't always selfish but we perceive it as selfish because mm -hmm. we don't often do that. Right. And so you're like jealous because you wish you could just selfishly make these decisions, um, but you're angry because they're being selfish. <laughs> it's such a confusing situation. <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> I now am aware of how resentment happens with you guys because you don't give yourself any permission. We give ourselves full permission all the time. <laughs> and part of you is horrified by that, but part of you is jealous. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I see it crop up in Aiden too sometimes where he he's having a hissy fit and it's not about the thing he's having a, a hissy fit yeah, about. Totally. It's about a buildup of all the things he's never said to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is another thing you guys do. Yeah. Is usually you don't say it, you don't say it, you don't say it, and then it will leak out. But I have to say that is like the biggest <laughs> pro of having an eight in your life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because you have taught me to communicate. Say it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But in a nine way. Yes. So I, I've learned to have more strength. Yeah. 
because of understanding better. Right. Yeah. How we relate to one another. So that's yeah. been good. Like, um, you've been doing it more and more, but I think a, a key moment that stands out was just that weekend we went away and I had a very emotional thing happen and you just kind of weren't quite grasping what it was all about. And you had a lot of feelings about it. And, um, instead of keeping it bottled up, you actually said, can you come over? Cause I just want to talk. And it was, I remember going, this is new. This is new territory. You know, I'm kind of scared. <laughs> what is about to happen? And it was so good because you were just being honest about your feelings. And it gave me the opportunity to explain. Because that's what can be so hard for an eight is to realize people are having a lot of feelings about something we'd done. Right. Or said, but didn't give us the opportunity to explain. Yeah. And it was one of the first times I'm conscious of you, in spite of your discomfort with this whole process, <laughs> saying, I am going to intentionally invite what could be a conflict or a disagreement with my sister so I can understand better. Yeah. Because you didn't want to be judging. You didn't no. like that you were judging. Yeah. And it was, it was everything that I always tell you it is, <laughs> which is that airing something well. Yes. And immediately, instead of waiting forever, is good for everybody. Yep. And you you had been misunderstanding something. And, but yeah. it ended up being so important. Yeah. Actually, that was an example of me stealing joy from myself. Right. Trying to navigate through emotions that I was misunderstanding. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we'll just, we'll run with that for a minute. Is like, what are some other things that you would say having me and, and you know, someone like mom in your life helped you with? Navigating. I'd say navigating every feeling that I have was what was helpful because it's even hard to decipher what is my own feeling and what is something I'm feeling from someone else. And so sometimes I'd just be a hot mess and mom would say, like, talk to me mm -hmm. I'd say, I don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on. And she would just ask questions and I would answer and suddenly it would be out and it was nothing that I thought it was. Right. It would just be like this deep down, funny little thing that wasn't even a big deal, but I had to sort through mm -hmm. all these other things. Yeah. So I'd say learning to vocalize all that is going on to sort through mm -hmm. what is happening in my head and heart. <laughs> I'd yeah. say that's probably the biggest thing because yeah. on my own, I just let it sit. I wouldn't bother sorting it. Beginning to wonder if mom had a bit of empath stuff. Because she seemed to always know. Oh, yeah. When you were reaching a pressure point. I can't compare mom's eight to mine because she was just so much more mature at a point when I was my least mature. Right. So it's hard for me to, to almost compare, except to say that she would always come to the same conclusions that I now do. Right. Always. Like, it was the same fundamental drive. And so what I'm saying is I didn't notice you. I was busy being selfish, so I can't, I can't say what I might have been able to offer you as a kid right. that she was able to offer you, but thank goodness she was there. Because it's true, she would reflect to me often, Kate is feeling a lot of feelings right now, or Kate is, I'm worried about the weight on her. She'd express things that were very empathy language about all her kids in a way that felt like um, <laughs> psychic powers. Like we were always like, how do you know these things? How <laughs> yeah. do you know these things? And I'm beginning to wonder if that's a connection point you two had. Is she just always knew where we were at based on our emotions 
Yeah, I mean, we've had times where I've told you how I've been feeling, and it's been months and months and months, and you're like, what? whoa, <laughs> how did you hide that so well? I, I had no idea. Yes. And I'd say I am a master at doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> because I don't want to make anyone else uncomfortable, exactly. and I don't want to drag anyone else yes. down. And so I'd rather just keep it bottled up and... Totally. But yeah, mom could always sense it and start asking the questions that needed to be asked. Yes. To, to release your release valve. Yeah. She yeah. knew how to like trigger it. <laughs> yes. Exactly. She did that with Daniel too. Our sixth brother always found a way to make him talk because she knew what was up, which made her seem even more magical like, <laughs> <laughs> and even more powerful. We are so excited to share something new we've been working on. We have now launched the Enneagram 8 community. This is a community where Enneagram 8s can come together to feel seen and heard for the heart of who they are, a place where you can just be you. If you're interested in joining us here, go to the Enneagram8community.com to sign up. Okay, now how about the hard bits? You can do this. Well, honestly, I think we already touched on it. Yeah. The hard bits would be being aware that I was stealing other people's joy and putting up barriers for myself, like some security blanket. I to, don't know. To keep people out? Keep not keep people out. No, I don't think I normally keep people out, but like unwilling to jump in full hog to an activity because I needed to navigate through someone else's lens. And so, so many times you want to do fun adventures yeah. and I want to be there and genuinely want to be there, but I will let my duties or fears creep in and it will stop me from doing everything I want to do right. that I know you also want me mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. And so I Did think... Do they make you feel like a frustrating disappointment all the time? No, not like a frustrating disappointment. Sometimes I felt like I did cause disappointment. Yeah. That I was one of the wet blankets <laughs> right. that came to the party. Right. But I'm also aware that that was me. Like, you didn't actually make me feel that. I felt that myself. Right. You were being just mean being. to yourself as usual. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in a way it's true. Like I will see it happen and be like, why didn't I just do that? Right. Like I'll, I'll actually say that to myself later and say, cause I would have enjoyed doing that. But then there are other times where I've done things that I truly did not want to do. The white water rafting. Right. <laughs> I wanted to love that. You're I terrifying. really did. And I, the whole time I was praying. <laughs> Like, Lord, keep me alive. Keep us all alive. We're all going to die. That was... And so when it was over and everyone was like, let's do it again next year. I was like, no. Ah, that sounds fun. I was like, how am I going to let them know I'm not coming next year? <laughs> it was genuinely terrifying. So I was like, everyone wants to do this. I'm going to have so much fun. And then I was pretending to have so much fun. Meanwhile, I was dying inside. <laughs> And that's when I am so grateful I'm not an empath because I didn't know and it was so much fun yeah. and the memory will remain quite fun. And what made it a little oh. easier is I wasn't in the same boat as you. Yes. So I didn't ruin your fun. Yeah. But yeah, there was one point where they're like, does everyone want to go back into the wave and try and tip the boat? I was like, oh. and I was like, could we just not? And so my boat didn't get to do that fun thing. I kind of ruined it for them. But oh, Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Okay, you're still not saying the things that I did that were hard for you, though. You still uh, keep making it about you. But, well, okay. I can think of stuff. Just like... I need a um, minute. I just feel like I, for many years, just could get you to do whatever I wanted because I'm selfish. So yeah, <laughs> but you liked being with me and yeah. so it like worked out. So my perception is like, that's not fair. 
But I don't know how you perceive it because ultimately you did get more of your sister. Yeah. It's funny because I think back to our childhood. Did it work out? Did it just work out? I seriously think it did because (laughs) I think I like to be told what to do. I I think I do. Sometimes I just don't even know what I want to do. And And I was very happy to do that. Yeah. The only time, like there were times where I'd be like, well, that's not fair. (laughs) Because it would be like a two-sided deal, but really only I had to do it. Totally. And so those ones were hard. (laughs) One of Joe's favorite things to do was ask me to play a a game. We'd have to go through our day and tell everything in detail what happened at night before bed and so she'd always make me go first and if I'd say you know I didn't do much no 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 start from breakfast and go all the way till now so I'd go through every detail of the day and only realize at the end she was fast asleep and that was the whole point she just needed me to put her to sleep and so I never got to hear about Joe's day she just heard all about mine that's so true and I remember that being so intentional Yeah. I had a hard time sleeping. I would like haunt my own self. Meanwhile, I never had a hard time exactly. sleeping. Exactly. So, so I was like, she can do this for me. Yeah. She doesn't have to know she's doing it. I had a clear conscience because <laughs> I just never did anything. <laughs> yeah. No, I've, I've reflected um, on the podcast a lot about how I just find nines the perfect pairing. At least for me, there are other eights that this just doesn't. But however God made me and nines, it's like you intuitively know that I can offer you guys the push you need, the permission, the safety, like the fun, whatever that. And you guys make me, you give me stability, unconditional love for the most part, a weirdly available space to understand me. I know there's judgments can creep in, but on the whole, you believe the best about me, you guys. And because you can feel my feelings, you you mostly know where I'm at. And so there's a lot of things that you um, understand about me that I don't need to keep explaining. Because mm-hmm. there's some people I always have to explain myself to. And it makes me feel unsafe with them or I don't tired. Yeah. Frankly. And you guys can fill in the gaps just because of the way you are. And so on the whole, like I've, I have said from the get go that it's the type I feel if I had to choose any other type forever to be like paired with, it would be you guys. Right. For sure. You make me better. So I am grateful for sure. Grateful about all that. Nines are like a safe harbor, a place to rest for eights. They can let down their guard and relax. That's it. I never need to put my guard up. Mm. Good. I never, (laughs) never, never, never. Whereas I can't think of another space where that's true. It's pretty special. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. No, there isn't really. Because I'm misunderstood in some way everywhere else. Do you know what's interesting? I was just, when you said, put up your guards. I know when people have their guards up. Right. And when they have their guards up, I want nothing to do with them. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I just... You don't have the energy to push I through don't, anyway. No, I'm like, <laughs> you guys, like, really, I'm here and I care, but you don't care enough to let me care. Yeah. So I'm just going to back away from right. that one. Right. And so I find I find guard, like, walls yeah. a challenge. Probably everyone does, but... Yeah, but not all of us are as perceptive to them. So just the fact that you're more aware of them than most people means they drain you more. Sometimes I feel like I have to try and break the wall down. Yeah. But then by the end, I'm like, oh, maybe one brick. Seriously. Not even close. Yep. Is this worth it? <laughs> yeah, for sure. You'd probably confirm that mom and I, it's pretty tangible when the wall's up. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. But it's just that because you're one of our people, it's not usually up with you. No. But if she got hurt, we felt it. Oh, like, yes. 
<laughs> so it's not that eights don't have walls. It's just that if you are one of the eights nines, you get to be inside the wall with them. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Nines can help teach eights which battles are not worth fighting and to stop pushing so hard because you give your you guys give yourselves permission to not fight. It's like more you default. Yeah. So Aiden's done that with me. He yeah. has taken the fight out of me by saying one he'll say um because he's heady he goes in all the data in all the world that I've seen this does not change people this mm. thing you're trying to do. Right. Right? He'll yeah. say something like that. Or he's like the thing you're doing is not going to get the uh, solution you're looking for with that person. So he can call me off a fight that he can see I'm engaging in. Yeah. Because he knows that it's a lost cause. And I'm so caught up in passion. I'm not right. seeing that. Yeah. So I don't know what d- number Dave is. Oh, six. Six. Yeah. He'll get into arguments and he'll like cling to a strand or an argument. And there are times where I can see the glaze on whoever's listening and, and try and like, you need to find a different way. Gone, like the, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. So I guess I can, I can do that too. Yeah. But I'm not cerebral the way Aiden is. Right. So right. it's not usually you, it's the intuition. same language. Intu- You're yes. absolutely going on gut. Aiden's far more heady. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he realizes how intuitive he actually is, but... um He's using data a lot of the time. Right. Yeah. Whereas you're just in the moment going, this isn't working. This isn't working. Right. Um, so it's true. Like if you guys are brave enough to speak into us, you could save us so much energy and time <laughs> by just saying, don't, don't bother going down that path is not going to work. Yeah. Right. I'm starting to harness Aiden <laughs> now that I know his powers. <laughs> I'd be like, do you back this horse? Like, is this a horse you would back? <laughs> This particular fight. And uh, I know when he's he's assessed and in it, I can give my full all to it with him because he's done the assessment, you right. know? And I'm like, this one I can back, you know? I don't know. I appreciate it. Do you recall moments where I would push and push and be too intense and you would shut down? Yeah, probably. I'm trying to think of an instance, but I'm, I'm not... It's not coming. Probably because I shut down. <laughs> When I shut down, it genuinely disappears. Like, it's almost like a trauma where You're not I don't there. remember what it is. Right. So definitely that happens. Yeah. And I go into like where a, you go? a blank space. It, everything <laughs> genuinely shuts down. It's like a, the blinking thing on the orange screen of the old computers. Like <laughs> <laughs> The little bar. Yes, it's like- just blinking back and forth, but it's just void. <laughs> And my brain is like, reset, reset, reset. Okay. That's why it's funny. Very often I can come home from a busy day. I sit down on my chair in front of the fire and I stare at the wall. (laughs) And this is so peaceful. And for the most part, there is nothing going on in my mind. I am just (laughs) recharging. You're in the iPod dock. Yeah. Getting recharged. I totally am. That's so funny. So you will hear eights in total incomprehension say, what the heck are you doing? (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Because we don't stop doing or processing or like... Your life must be so exhausting. But it isn't. Like, for some reason, because we can block out negative if we want. Oh. Right? That's the crazy thing about us is... Whereas you literally kind of are traumatized every day (laughs) because you're invaded without permission. We don't give anyone permission. Like we really can say, nope, 
you don't get to invade me. You don't get to affect me. If I don't want to feel that feeling, I'm not going to feel that feeling. I choose this. I give permission for this. We, that's our best and worst thing. Right. Is we're the guardians of our own self. And so it means that all the energy that gets leaked out of you, because you're trying to not be invaded or you're trying to navigate the war of being invaded, we don't have that. Right. So it's this battery that's like all the way full unless major trauma happens or we give permission to spend it. Right. Yeah. So I was going to say, I probably have the years where I struggled with just being lonely all the time and I decided I'm just not going to have friends. It hurts too much. Yeah. I'd say I was always low energy because I spent all of my effort not feeling Mm. if that, so I could do it. I could do it. Right. But it took everything I had yes. and everything I was. And that was not a place of joy. Like that was the worst place in my life to ever be in because I wasn't even able to enjoy anything hmm. because I'd spent it all yeah. blocking everything out. Meanwhile, if we feel we need to go sleep for a day. Right. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. And so it just goes to show like people try to tell you what's healthy in terms mm. of what to do with your feelings without realizing that for you, it's like a weird kind of currency, even though it's hard to feel people's feelings. It's who you are. It's what you're made for. And somehow that's how you function. Yeah. If we were you, we couldn't have the energy we have to save the world like we do. Like we, right. we wouldn't have the energy we have to run into the burning buildings and to stay up all night because a friend needed us. Everything we do is based on the need in the moment. Yeah. So if someone needs something and they actually ask, we drop what we're doing. We go, we do it with all the energy and all the heart in the world. And then we have to sleep for a week, whatever. (laughs) But all that energy is sitting there for those moments. That's what it's waiting for. Whereas if you try to manipulate yourself into using your emotional currency in a way you weren't designed for, it drains you. So it's saying like, thank goodness you guys are you and thank goodness we're us. I bet you're feeling Jack. Yep. Yep. Because Jack is crying right now. (laughs) Go, 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 go. (laughs) The one defensive tactic you have is to become completely immovable, like um, stubborn to the point. Uh, You have the reputation, y'all, of possibly being the most stubborn of all if you decide yeah that's it yep you know not happening and you almost punish by disappearing so you just stop responding you retreat into maybe the ipod charging station i don't know (laughs) in your mind or whatever and you just aren't movable yeah you just don't move that's a thing and i've seen that manifest itself in a positive way yeah and in a negative way so describe both in a positive way I'm thinking especially with parenting. Yeah. Hey, Jack. Jack's with us now. We have a little buddy right now. Setting down rules for family and how yeah. you discipline your children mm-hmm. or like a consistency. So I'd say they very rarely win over me. Yes. If I have the energy. Whereas I'm a pushover. Yeah. Yeah. And so in that sense, it's really good. Mm-hmm. But in other times, if I'm feeling insecure in a situation and I decide to be stubborn in my own mind, I don't give myself the freedom to think about whether or not that argument was actually valid. Right. And so I'll stubbornly dig my heels in to my way of thinking and refuse to think on it until I feel in a safe place. So I usually do always come back to something, but I have to be by myself and I have to be without any other bombardment. So if I'm staring at the wall, sometimes these arguments will come back up. Mm -hmm. 
and I can actually give it genuine thought. Yes. So I have to say, I never sit in my stubbornness and refuse to ever go back to it because that's not me. Yeah. But it might appear that way because I won't do it in front of you. You need a buffer time. Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. I feel like I need time to get all my thoughts straight. Yes. And then I can give it a valid test run. Yes. Yeah, I'm learning that I can go ahead and ask you and Aiden a big question, but I cannot expect the timeline to be what it would be for me. I can think in real time and process right there. Right. You can't do it well. He could give an answer. Yeah. But it won't be the one he would feel happy about Mm -hmm. unless I give it some time. Yeah. So there have been times I'd say I'm very often very careful with what I say. Yes. The times where I've been sharp with my tongue have been times when I've been pushed to give a response and I'm not ready yet. Uh And so I'll quickly lash out Uh in pride with my own thoughts instead of spending time thinking better about what I'm trying to say. And so sometimes it even comes across in a judgmental, awful way, and I've just not worded it right. Right. So those are times where... To me, it feels like you're saying, give me space. Yeah. That's what those answers feel like. Aiden does it too, if I push. It feels like impatience, but I think it's actual, almost like frustration because he's not able to give it the response that his good thinking actually needs. Yeah. 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 So. And I'll say that I sometimes really detest that I'm not a fast thinker. But I can't see a position in just two ways. Right. I've got to navigate it every which way and how it will um, hurt or affect this person over that person over yeah. this person. And so I find that I see more areas to a problem than just this or that. Energy. It takes energy. Yeah. This is another reason you guys are drained is because you will roll it over all the which ways, whereas we just are tapped into what we know. Mm-hmm and what we want. It's so much more efficient. <laughs> but I, I don't know if this fits, but in all of that process, I'm not easily offended. No, I know. Because I'm never thinking that anything is targeted at me. Right. Even if it might have been. Yeah. I just don't care. That's not your default I, No, my yeah. default is not to assume that it's targeted at me. It's always, well, no. They wouldn't think about me. Right. And so I don't get easily offended. Yeah. And so I kind of take myself out of the equation and deal with it with less emotion in some ways. Yep. That's another reason that I get along with you guys is you're not easily offended. Because I I speak too quickly and in any other sphere of life that causes offense to people that are going to make false assumptions. Whereas you guys are so slow to make that assumption. So it gives me grace. Right. Period time to explain myself more fully. Yeah. yeah, I so appreciate that. Anyway, I love you. I'm so glad you are my sister. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Vice versa. Yeah. We genuinely, guys, we had a pretty easy go as far as siblings go. Yep. And I really think it's that 8-9 dynamic. So, okay. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> That's it for today. We hope by now you've realized there's a lot more going on under the surface. And you'll continue to follow along as we take you inside the armor. <laughs>